In the first reading, Jeremiah laments his hardship as a prophet. And in the gospel, Jesus asked his followers to be brave in promoting their faith. Both readings imply that all members of the people of God are potentially prophetic and need to play their part in handing on the truth about God. In a sense, we are all successors to Jeremiah and to the apostles, whose job it was to share Christ's message with the world. The tone is set in the first reading. From the most autobiographical of the prophetic books, we have a passage where Jeremiah reflects at length upon the difficulty of his vocation, and above all, of the message of woe he has to deliver to his fellow citizens. Though this brings down on him hostility from every side, he remains confident that the Lord to whom he has committed his cause will vindicate him in the end. The prophetic vocation seen so poignantly in the figure of Jeremiah sets the pattern for the instruction Jesus gives us in the gospel. Part of a much longer discourse that begins simply as an instruction addressed to the Twelve, the passage we heard today speaks to a wider audience of believers in respect to the challenges they will face in attempting to live and give witness to the gospel. Do not be afraid. The text is governed by the recurring refrain, do not fear, do not be afraid. Jesus recognizes that there will be much that will cause his disciples to be afraid, but tries to get them to distinguish appropriate fear from inappropriate fear. There is a false fear and a real fear. Disciples need not fear those human persecutors who can kill the body because their entire physical existence is held within the hands of God and is precious in God's sight. If God values the life of sparrows sold two for a penny, marking when they fall to the ground, how much more does the Heavenly Father value and protect the lives of believers worth more than hundreds of sparrows? Those who stand firm in witness to the gospel and the values it enshrines, even to the point of death, can be confident that their ultimate fate lies in the hands of God and one day they will be vindicated. The only valid fear for disciples should be that of falling out of God's favor and so of losing not one's body but one's soul. The object of the fear in the injunction, fear him, rather who can destroy both body and soul in hell, can be understood in a number of ways. The hymn could refer to a human persecutor or adversary, or even to Satan. But humans and fallen angels cannot destroy a soul. It could be a reference to God. But I think that Jesus teaches us over and over, God has infinite mercy 
and his offer of forgiveness assures us a chance for redemption. After all, God values life. I think, therefore, that the hymn likely refers to each of us. We are the ones who have the sole power to sin and thus face death. We are the only ones who can reject God's abundant free gift of divine grace. Ultimately, it is we who imperil our own body and soul to hell. This is a gospel which readily illustrates the adage that Christianity can be comfortable or comforting, but not necessarily comfortable. It's not comfortable thinking that we can do such things wrong that we condemn ourselves. But we have to remember that when we make mistakes, when we don't live the values that God tells us and teaches us to live, the example that Jesus gave us, then we have fallen. And we need to initiate that forgiveness by coming to confession. There's much that we can do wrong. It's hard sometimes living in our modern society. But when we do that, we need to recognize our faults, pick ourselves up off the ground, dust off the dirt, turn to God and said, I'm sorry, I'm going to do better. And God will offer that forgiveness and Christ will stand there before us at our moment in heaven when we face God. The evangelist Matthew presents Jesus as insisting that the gospel is something to be talked about and lived, not just behind closed doors, but out in the open. It and the values it enshrines demands public witness and proclamation. Much the reason why people have taken to the streets these last few weeks. They saw an injustice, something that goes against what God wants, which is to hold up every living person. And they're out marching for justice for everyone, especially those who have been most persecuted. Proclaim from the housetops. This is the point of the opening sentences about proclaiming from the housetops what you hear in whispers. To simply whisper the gospel among themselves will perhaps preserve believers from public hostility and threat, but it will do, only, do so only for a time, since all that is now covered will one day come to light. Moreover, it will amount to disowning Jesus in the presence of human beings in a way that will cause him to disown such followers in the presence of the Father. The Second Vatican Council taught that every Christian should give a living witness to Christ. At a minimum, this means through living a life of faith, hope, and charity, and by joining in worship and prayer. Really, it means going beyond that and going out from church, emboldened by what we've learned here, and going and making changes in the world to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth.
where all of us walk together. This is not such an easy matter. The spirit of today's society, the example of our contemporaries, and the irreligious mood of much of the media do not always foster God-fearing attitudes or encourage sound moral standards. In most countries today, Christians are not persecuted for showing faith in Christ and his gospel, but rather when they live according to this teaching, they will be swimming against the tide of a materialistic culture and will not find the going easy. Jesus warns that being a Christian will cause sacrifice and suffering. We are bound to face opposition from a world that does not gladly submit to the word of God, that makes so many demands on our human nature. But there is a real satisfaction too in standing up for the truth of things in the center of their souls. Prophetic people have the happiness of working with the Lord, who is the ultimate truth upon whom we all depend.